Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Sorry about that. Great, guys. Good job. Good to see you. Well, hello. How you doing? Oh, great worship. Great team. My name is Pastor Scott. Sometimes I get to see some of you uh, as you're leaving. I get to shake hands with you, but I'm primarily over the Pasadena campus, and it's just an honor to be able to be here with you all. It's great to be able to connect and to see faces that I haven't seen for quite a while, and uh, even front row guys and girls. And so, uh, Today, we're going to finish up our series about what if Jesus was serious. And we've been studying through the Sermon on the Mount, and it's exciting because when we think about all that God is doing among uh, the world and around our corner in our community, uh, Montrose Church has been a part of that. And today, today we're going to talk about really good things, how God is using you to bear fruit around the world. Uh, a couple weeks ago, it was really the last week of Dave's last uh, series on the Minor Prophets, he had a quote from the Bible Project. And it's been etched in my heart and my mind for a couple weeks, or really over this past six weeks. It says, God has a passion to rescue the world from human evil and violence in order to create a world where everyone can flourish in safety and peace. I just want to read the rest of that again. He, he, we're a world where everyone can flourish in safety and peace. I don't know about you, but I just love that as a, as a, as a vision, as a mission. And to me, that's what the Sermon on the Mount is, is that we've been talking about things that are, you know, not in the clouds, but there are two things that the Sermon on the Mount reminds us, that things need to be very tangible and very fruitful. Very tangible, meaning, you know, not pie in the sky, everything's great, and we don't talk about real things. Jesus talks about really real things in the Sermon on the Mount. So they're very tangible. And they're also very fruitful, which means... There are things that are good. There's things that are nourishing. There are things that, uh, instead of taking a legalistic Old Testament view, Jesus shifts everything around and he changes and deals with issues of anger and adultery and takes it out of the dynamic of prescriptive, of we just check the box, we obeyed the rule, and moves it more towards that as what is descriptive of what is the best way. It's better to do this. And so even last week, Pastor Dave even talked about, he said that the ancients were much less about prescribing life and much more about describing life. In other words, our modern culture, it's constantly offering a prescription for the ideal life. And what that means is the fact that uh, if you've been there like me, is that sometimes there's these checklists that I'm going to, if I do this, everything is going to work out. But that Christ is always calling us to a deeper, better continual way of his kingdom. So we don't just seek first the kingdom of God and I say, oh, three years ago I prayed, you know. But seek first means continually all the time as much as I can. And when I experience that goodness, I get to experience the best way of God. And that's what the Sermon on the Mount ends up talking about, that when we love, when we give mercy or we receive mercy, when we live out radical compassion, and inclusive love in the world, when we experience and are witnesses to God's kingdom and Christ's followers, that's when we all create a world where everybody can flourish 
and live in safety and peace. And so, I don't know about you, but my own experience with the Lord is that when I am doing something, then I feel like God's with me. If I'm not doing anything, if I'm just kind of, and again, nothing wrong with praying and reading God's word, okay, but this is my own spiritual formation. If I'm only praying and reading God's word, the tapes start rolling that he is far away, he is far off. But when I read God's word and I pray and I experience love and share and reflect fruit, then I experience God in a closer and perfect way as he intended. Uh, so, remember Sky Jathani? It's the author that we've been looking at. He says, if we want to take a culture, I'm sorry, if we want the culture to take Jesus more seriously, maybe we should first. Wow, I don't know, that just kind of, you know, it gets right down to it. If the... You know, if we want the culture to take Jesus more seriously, we should take him first. And obviously, we take him seriously, but there's always a deeper, there's always a better way. Uh, one of my favorite quotes that's very similar to that is Andy Stanley in his book, Not In It to Win It, says, Our nation's challenges do not stem from the church's inability to convince unbelievers to believe like believers. Our challenges, and hear this well, our challenges, my challenge, stems from the church's inability to inspire believers to behave like believers as Christ intended. You know, so what fruit are we uh, really nourishing in the world? What good acts of righteousness and compassion and love and justice? So that the world looks at that and goes, that's a church that takes Jesus seriously. I, I can buy into that. So we behave like salt and light. And so today we're going to look at a scripture, but really we're going to focus on the fruit scripture. There's so much in this scripture I'm going to read, but I need to be honest with you. We could, we could dissect this scripture down every couple verses and spend a, a week on each of the verses. And so we're really going to think about the umbrella aspect of this scripture is that Jesus is expanding the fact that his followers his followers will be real followers and experience his salvation through real and authentic, loving acts of righteousness. And so if you've got your Bibles and want to listen along, listen to Matthew chapter 7. But again, think of this as one example. A lot of times it's taken apart verse by verse, but think of this as Jesus mainly saying, if you're going to be my followers, you're going to be salt and light in the world. You're going to bear fruit and you're going to tangibly reflect love. And so Matthew 7 says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the gate that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. For they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves, and by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by the fruit you will recognize them. For not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and in your name... And perform miracles. And then I'll tell you plainly, 
I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a, a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teachings because he taught as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Wow, there's a lot there, obviously. And hopefully I want you to just think about Again, that Jesus is focusing on what does it mean to bear fruit in our lives so that the world will see that he is real. Sounds, you know, pretty much you've heard that before, you know. How will the world know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one for another? But it's also the fact in our own spiritual formation that as we grow close to him, that as we experience him through tangible acts, God is glorified. And so today we're going to tell some stories. Everybody likes stories? How you doing? Always halfway through. I always do the how you doing thing, you know, like, uh, like my boss. But uh, The exciting thing about stories is it encourages, it inspires. And so we want to talk a little bit about past fruit, first of all. Uh, in, in consulting, there's always this one liner that sticks in my brain that the best determinant of future behavior is past behavior. Let me say it again. The best determinant of future behavior is past behavior. And so it, before we get to where you, we should be going, we have to look at where we've been. And the exciting thing is that where we've been has been amazing. And so let me talk a little bit about past fruit. First of all, Faith Promise, and Austin and the others have shared this really well, is that remember, Faith Promise, again, is that giving bucket above and beyond tithes and offerings where 100% goes to our partners around the world and around the corner to help to uh, encourage them to reflect goodness and righteousness in the world in which we live. And, and so you've already heard about all those different support partners. We'll talk more about those today. But today we want to talk about Eswatini a little bit. Uh, Eswatini is a country. Uh, it's about 1.6 million people. It's right to the east of South Africa. Uh, it is one of the only uh, functioning monarchies in the world. And so it has a king that really runs the country. There's a prime minister and others that he appoints, but let's, we'll leave it at that. And so uh, it is one of the poorest countries in the world. At one point, we ended up, uh, or Eswatini ended up having the highest rate of HIV in the world. And so because of that, there's a lot of orphans in that country. Now the country has moved a little bit beyond just HIV to a lot of other health-related issues, diabetes, and things like that. Uh, but it's really important to think of what you have done. Pastor Dave made a seven-year or 10-year commitment. We're about six or seven, depending on how you count with COVID, into the partnership. And some of you have even participated in trips to Eswatini. But over the past six or seven years, here's what you all have done. Look at all the different things in this small little country of 1.6 million people. You have helped to build 11 churches, or at least finish 11 churches. And because we put roofs on some of the churches, because they would build the sides, but they didn't have the money to complete the work. And why are buildings important? Buildings in and of themselves are not. 
But when the local leadership identifies a place and says, this is a place that is thriving and has great leadership, that building can help to expand the impact in that community. So you've, we've helped with 11 churches, two preschools, and we regularly support Enduma Child Development Center, and I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But look at all these different things, RFM Hospital and clinics and Haven of Hope that we'll talk a little bit more about. But your past fruit has yielded so many lives impacted. Let me talk to you a little bit about uh, Soweto. Uh, a couple years ago, Pastor Tondo uh, ended up coming, and he is the pastor of Soweto. I remember the very first time that I walked into Soweto. It was in that small building right there, and we were all packed. Picture all these people in this little room, and we worshiped and worshiped and had a great time. Then after we stepped out of the worship center, we all gathered in a circle and prayed. We prayed for the area. We prayed for that community right there, that as they were going to begin construction on the property, uh, that God would bless the effort. I don't have pictures of it exactly, but there, there's trenches that Pastor Dave and I and some others of you dug, and they were the hugest boulders that we took out. I mean, I'm serious. Boulders that were like this big. And we were digging trenches and everything, and we worked, but we also worked alongside of those who were in Eswatini. So it wasn't just us doing it for them. It was hiring individuals in Eswatini to be able to do the work. After we prayed and three years of construction, we ended up helping them to build a beautiful building that's there. Uh, Soweto Church of Nazarene in Eswatini. And we were there then for the ribbon cutting. And again, it's not just about a building. It's about the fact that you have amazing leadership, amazing impact in a community, and you can reach out to more mothers, men, children, families, communities because of the work that you had done at Soweto. And so this last picture ends up showing some of the uh, ribbon cutting. Pastor Dave is a really good ribbon cutter, just gotta say that, he, he does it really good. But he also did a lot of work. I think we broke our backs quite often on uh, that. So let's see, try the next one. Uh, let's see. Is there one more? No, that's all right. There you go. Oh, that goes to the inbo sorry, uh, that's, Nelambini. We'll go to that one. The next one is uh, in, uh, Nelambini ends up being a preschool, and you end up seeing the beginning. This is what the preschool used to be. Can you picture that? All the kids crowded into a little one room uh, built with sticks, and you all, because of your faith promise, helped to be able to build uh, the... Sorry, I'm messing up the words. The N, it's N-H-L-M, Nelambini. And so Pat McKelvey is a much better uh, Siswati speaker than I am. Uh, but this place ends up then being a child development center, educating kids uh, every day, you know, five days a week, and ends up helping them. This is what you helped to build. Uh, I remember going there, and we were painting and, and working in that community. And so the team with Pastor Dave that just went this past June got to be able to hang out with the kids at Nelambini, Child Development Center. There you see them with the kids that are there. And then they had another, the ribbon cutting uh, for the preschool. And again, it's not just the preschool, it's connected to a church and ends up impacting the full community uh, for Christ and his love in that area. The other thing is Enduma is another city uh, in, in the area of Eswatini. It's in a hillside area. 
And I remember the first time we went there, the kids were playing on the hillside. They're playing with parachutes and things like that. But this area has been ravaged by HIV, and the, most of the parents have died, and so most of the kids that are here are orphaned kids. And so you and your Faith Promise Dollars helps to be able to feed kids that are very, very hungry in Eswatini. Some of the kids will even take half of the plate, and they'll eat half of it and take the rest half home with the other siblings that wouldn't be able to be there at the Child Development Center. And, and so the fruit that you have nourished over the last seven years have been tangible, it's been fruitful, it's been a blessing to so many others. And just in closing on the past fruit, I just want us to ask our own self the question. If past behavior is the best determinant of future behavior, I think it's good to look back. As I look back, I, I think back at my legacy. What has my legacy been? What do I want to leave for the future? So we think about, again, the way that God has been nourishing uh, the community with his love through us, and we want to be part of that. So Pastor Dave's going to come and talk about present fruit and what amazing things are going on right now. Wow. I don't understand why you don't applaud when I come up at the beginning of a service. <laughs> we just uh, had a team uh, in Eswatini just uh, at the beginning of June, and uh, it's my prayer that all of you get a chance at some point to go. Uh, banning some sort of, uh, you know, international pandemic. We go every June and we take a team. And so uh, you have an opportunity to see hands-on. So what happens when we go in person? And we took a lead team this year because we'd been gone for three years. Uh, that preschool that you saw was built in our absence. It has already been in operation for over a year, but we didn't have a chance to pray the dedication prayer and cut the ribbon and do all of those things that become very important. And so uh, we got to do that this year, but we also got to see future projects. We got to hear about some things that were going on. And inevitably, when we go, every single person you meet has an elevator speech. Everyone. Doesn't matter if there's somebody connected to the church and the mission. It doesn't matter if it's a taxi driver. It doesn't matter if it's somebody you run into in the lobby of the hotel. It doesn't matter. They've got a, an elevator speech of a project they're working on and why they might need funding for that. And so we spend time thinking about that and what that's like. Some of you are so gracious that when we're getting ready to take a team, you'll pull me aside and say, here's a little check. Just want you to have cash on hand for anything that might come up. And things always come up. And so we were in Induma, that place you saw. It's up in the mountains. We feed in an, a normal child development center about 50 kids. We, we talk with the village elders. They tell us who those kids are that need to be fed because it's a pure monarchy, people don't own property. So children, if their parents die, can live by themselves in a home. And it's not unusual to see eight and nine-year-old children living on their own. The problem is it's hard to get them fed. So the village elders will identify those kids for us. Uh, we'll connect them to the Child Development Center, which is always connected to a church body. Uh, and uh, we'll usually feed about 50 children in a community. And in Duma, because of the devastation of AIDS, we feed 130 or so every day. And we start with the preschoolers, they eat about lunchtime, but as then the elementary school kids and the junior high kids and the high school kids get out of school in the afternoon, uh, they arrive at the Child Development Center and we feed them. Uh, 
We were there, and one of the hardest things that happens when you're in any of these locations is they want to feed you. They always want to feed you, and it's one of the just terrible things that happens because you feel terrible sitting, eating food, <laughs> and usually they don't join you. They stand while you're eating and watch you, which makes you feel even worse. Sometimes you can convince them to sit down and eat with you, but very often they will wait until you're finished. And in the conversation we had with the leaders at Enduma, as we were finishing up our meal of chicken and sauce and pap, which is like a corn-based kind of thing going on, uh, they said, you know what we'd like to do? We'd like to get into the chicken business. And we said, you know, that sounds like a great idea. So we initiated the opportunity to have some uh, chicken coops built and to purchase the first round of, a, of, uh, of chickens. And Enduma is going into the chicken business. And that turned out that very shortly after that, uh, we were in, uh, back in Manzini at Haven of Hope. And Haven of Hope is a place that is very unique. Haven of Hope is the very first licensed facility in the country of Eswatini to take care of girls who have been a victim of sexual abuse. Sexual abuse is a very large problem in Eswatini. It's very seldom prosecuted, and it almost always involves some form of incest, a brother, a, 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 an uncle, a father. And because it is a systemic family problem, mothers generally choose to stay in the family system, and the daughters become disenfranchised. They have nowhere to go. Uh, if they say and speak up, they are pushed out of the family system. And, uh, and so Haven of Hope is a vision of some of the leaders of our partnership. It was an old racquetball court. It's been completely remodeled and turned into a housing facility. As you can see, there's a giant wall. I don't know if you can see the concertina wire across the top. It's a very secure facility because these girls are protected. It's uh, created to house about 12 girls. Right now, it's housing a little over 20 girls because the demand is so great. When we arrived, we'd love to show you pictures of some of the residents. We're not allowed to do that, so you can't see uh, the transformation that happens when these girls find an environment that's safe for them. Uh, I'll also share with you the youngest resident at Haven of Hope is five years old. Uh, and so you can imagine the scope of the work that's going on there. Uh, but they said to us when we arrived and we walked through the facility, they said, uh, you know what we'd like to do? We'd like to get into the chicken business. And so it turns out that we're in the chicken business. And so we gave money uh, to buy the first round of chickens. And for those of you that don't know this, uh, you can turn your face away at this moment. Uh, this is the beginning of the process. 90 days later, uh, this is what uh, happens and what it all looks like. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then a couple hours after that, it looks like that. So there's, there's a whole life cycle of the project. So we. We have a, a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, chicken coops all built at Haven of Hope. We're still building them at Menduma. The first round of chickens have already gone through the entire process. We're on the second round of chickens now. Uh, those chickens are packaged and sold to support the cost of operations, but also to feed the girls who are in residence. Uh, another purchase you made at Haven of Hope, not just chicken coops, not just chickens. You also bought a deep freeze. Uh, and so there's a lot of chickens on ice right now waiting uh, to fulfill their destiny in the process. And so then the second thing that I wanted to just share with you because I think it's incredibly exciting is we had an opportunity to be in the eastern part of the country 
uh, in a, a city called Stege. There, there is a school of theology and business administration, and uh, there's all kinds of visions about farming and things we can do as a social enterprise. Uh, but right now, uh, we were concentrating on digging a water well. A few years ago in our structure, we saw the need to hire a local national leader to be an in-country coordinator. We hired a young man whose name is Sabello, an incredibly gifted young man. He's done projects uh, all over the southern tip of Africa. He now works exclusively for the partnership. Your faith promise pays half his salary. Uh, the church in Oklahoma City pays the other half of his salary. Uh, he's a water expert, among other things, and he said to us at the School of Theology, if you could just dig a well, we have done tests and we believe that there's a lot of water under the ground here. And water means farming, it means irrigation, it means all kinds of things. So here's a video of the day you provided the money to dig the well. Uh, here's the video of Sabello narrating of the borehole getting drilled at SOT. We are at SOT and this is the water. It's a lot of water, as you can see. That it's, ah, oh my goodness. We haven't really, we're going to pump test the borehole, but as you can see, it's a lot of water. It's really pushing. You rarely find boreholes that will do this. So there you are. So when you think about present fruit, I'm just telling you, from that moment we arrived on the ground at the beginning of June, those projects all happened in real time and they're ongoing. And so as you think about how things are happening, uh, we don't just do ministry when we're there in June. Uh, we lay the groundwork for the present fruit that happens day after day and week after week. Besides what's going on in Eswatini, there's amazing things going around even around our community. You know, I think most of you know this, but STARS is our after-school program that meets at our Pasadena campus, and Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, uh, there's approximately 30 to 50 kids and adult, or, sorry, youth, junior high and high school kids that meet on our Pasadena campus, getting tutoring and mentoring, and it's just an amazing program if you ever want to volunteer in that. Uh, there's also, uh, so, some of the kids get college scholarships. Uh, because of the generous donation of a foundation that because of a member at Montrose Church, we had a connection. So there's a, uh, a foundation that ends up giving money for college scholarships for most of our STARS kids to be able to go to school. And I was at a fundraiser last week, and some are at UCLA and one's at Berkeley, and just amazing stories because we ended up creating an environment where STARS could be there. Uh, we also created... Uh, because you matter, and maybe you've heard that term at different times, but because you matter is our non-religious nonprofit that is the arm of Montrose Church. I'm executive director, but some things flow through the church budget. Other things flow through our because you matter budget because there's organizations like foundations or corporations that you might have that would not want to give to a church but would be able to give to because you matter. And so because you matter ends up being that other entity that we end up. Uh, using to be able to do goodness in their world. Uh, don't even have time to tell you about emergency assistance and benevolence programs uh, or all the other different partners. You end up seeing the list that we've gone through this past month. But it's exciting to think about all that God is doing because of your faithfulness. Your faithfulness above and beyond tithes and offerings that you have given over the past year to be able to help develop nourishing 
peaceful, amazing, loving fruit in our community. And, and so think about that in our own lives as we get inspired to do great things for the God's kingdom. What fruit are you nourishing around you? Maybe that God might be leading you to, to volunteer, to give, uh, whatever it is. Maybe go on the trip to Eswatini next June. Uh, whatever that is, that God would speak to you about developing and nourishing more fruit. I want to finish today to talk about future fruit. And the future fruit is exciting because it's about Kiza. Kiza is one of the, the cities in Eswatini. And you'll end up seeing, I'm going to show you a video of some, some of the lead team that went there in their worship. And so see if you can get, grab that first one. I think it's a video so you can see the worship of Kiza Church. is an amazing church, again, that has local leadership, has fruitful community of ministry, you know, that, that, that the whole community can be impacted for good. You see the pictures in not only of the worship, but then you see this little facility being filled and packed with children and adults. And again, just a great opportunity to take it from this little small church to a Soweto type church. It may not be that big, but it's going to be a huge facility. And our wonderful architect, Pat McKelvey, you'll see he's doing architectural drawings in the dirt. <laughs> always, always serving, always trying to find out we could do this and this. And uh, again, we work in conjunction with local leaders. I love the things of the social enterprise that Pastor Dave was talking about. So it's not just us doing it for them, it's doing it with them. They have identified the projects, they are owning it, they are involved in it. They do a lot of the work, and then we end up leveraging your faith promise dollars to be able to impact not only the present fruit, but future fruit. And so over the last, uh, with a 10-year commitment, Pastor Dave, we're about six or seven years into it. Uh, about three years ago, we've raised about $300,000 a year, which was amazing. That was like our highest point. With COVID, last year, we gave about 100000 and understandably so, because everything was tight, but we're moving forward now, and we want to raise at least $150,000 this year to be able to cover 30000 that we give towards Eswatini and the project for Kisa, and there's always more projects than we have money for. So as God <laughs> leads you, you know, there's a lot of exciting things that we could do in Eswatini beyond just Kisa. You end up seeing all of the different partners that your Faith Promise support goes to. Uh, as well as, I, I think there's a, uh, can we put the map back up of uh, Eswatini, Julie? Sorry. Thanks for being flexible. Think of this whole country of all that we've done. Kiza is kind of to the south there. Uh, you end up seeing an area that we haven't done that much. But with your support in Kiza, we can help to impact that community. Uh, so we just wanted to show you where Kiza was. We can go back to the partner thing now. Thanks. So what I want to ask from you today and this week is that you would seek the Lord above and beyond tithes and offerings, appreciate all of that support. But all of that support pays for staff, pays for infrastructure, pays for ministry here. 
so that 100% of everything that comes to, through faith promise goes out the door to our partners. It builds churches in Kiza Swatini. It helps with our after-school program at STARS. It helps with benevolence programs here. It helps with all of our different partners. And if you end up seeing you know, the QR code, and you can even grab that even right now. Let's see if you, uh, you, know, you can do that with your, with your phone to be able to look at that. It ends up going to our Faith Promise page. And if you miss the QR code, you can look up on Faith Promise. If you give and you're electronically giving, you can go to Faith Promise and choose something. If we're raising $150,000, if I had 30 peop- 300 people that would give $50 a month, just $50 a month as a revolving gift every once in a while to say, you know, I'm giving this in tithes and offering, but I'm going to give something above and beyond uh, to be able to help around the world and around the our corner and around our community. I want you just to pray and think about that. Maybe $50 is too much. Maybe it's $25. Maybe it's just a couple Starbucks things, you know, uh, every week or every month. Maybe it's $100 a month. I don't know what it is, but I just believe that this is part of what God calls us to do. It's not about fundraising. It's about vision of being the church that takes Jesus seriously. You do that. You've done that in the past. You're doing that right now. And I pray that as we move into the future, that all of us would be inspired to have a church that takes Jesus seriously so that the world can look at it and go, man, that's a church I want to be part of. Would you pray with me? Lord God, you are such a gracious and good God. Your word reminds us that while we were still yet sinners, you died for us. So your love goes way, way before we ever responded. And just thinking about that now, that Lord, that as we think about all of the work that's going on in Pasadena and in Montrose and in Eswatini and around uh, that whole country, that, Lord, you are already there. You are working. You are developing leadership. You're discipling people, helping them to not only know you as Lord and Savior, but to be experience your goodness. And so now, Lord, you're calling us to be able to be part of that journey, to be part of that mission and that vision, to be a church that lives out the Sermon on the Mount and a church that takes you seriously. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd, again, empower us, not only to give financially, but to give ourselves. We surrender ourselves into your hands. And may you speak to us to be the people you've called us to be. Bless us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand as we finish the service? Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.